This morning's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Praise God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> well, this is another new journey that would be before us. And uh, as many of you know that have been coming here for many seasons, you know that. I always refer to the new year as a new journey for us Christians because each new year is indeed a new journey. We've completed one journey in the Lord over the past year, and as the earth has made one trip around the sun and it goes to do that again, so we are ending or embarking upon a new journey. And for the year 2015, there will be some physical new journeys, new moves for some of us, and there shall be spiritual moves or journeys for some of us. And all that depends on you and God and what he has in, in plan for your life, in his mind for your life. But rest assured that 2015 is going to bring on some new times for us all. It's going to bring about some challenges for us, as you can see the signs that are happening in the world around us and in the country. But God has shown me in my spirit that it's time for us to really, really get serious with him and to learn how to worship him, to learn how to worship God. As I said before, the word of God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So if you want God to inhabit your life, that means to dwell in your life and to be in your life, this year is going to require that we all get very serious with God and stop half-stepping and stop pretending or being somewhere in between. Because the challenges that are going to come across, you're going to need God, need God. The end of the year was evidenced with that in my life in many different ways, and I won't go into a lot of details, but I'm telling you, I will say this to you, this new year coming ahead will bring more challenges. And this is not a doomsday statement to you. This is not a, 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 a brimstone and fire statement. This is a statement that should fire you up, because um, the same way when the devil starts rising up in our lives and those challenges come in, what we should be saying to ourselves, okay, God, let me see how you're going to handle this one. Let me see how you're going to get me out of this particular situation. And it should be a time of excitement. Amen. But there's going to be many, 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 many things changing around us. So we need to really make sure that we are in line with God and that we are worshiping him in spirit and his truth. Um, we look at the seasons that were before us the last year. And everyone's last year, 2014, was indeed divided into seasons. And I'm not necessarily talking about summer, fall, winter, spring. There were times in your life when things were going very, very well. There were some times in your life when things were very, very challenging. There were times in your life that may have seemed like the coldest, bleakest winter. There were times in your life that may have seemed like the sunniest, fair, wonderful, beautiful summer day. Amen. But these are the seasons of the year that we go through. Amen. And 2014, whatever those ups and downs, those peaks and valleys were, we're to look at them no more. We're to leave them behind, except for one area, except for one area. Every single time you're in the winter of a season, every single time you're in a very tough and difficult time, what you need to take into 2015 is those times in 2014 where you had very, very difficult times and God brought you through and you were blessed where you did not understand where a blessing was going to come from or things may have been very, very difficult and challenging and then all of a sudden out of the blue you were blessed. Those things hold on to. Those things hold on to, you see, because God blesses us in those ways 
with, with the, the expectation that we will hold on to those things and carry them forth with us in 2015 so that when trials and tribulations come on to us in 2015, which they will, that you will reflect on and remember what happened in 2014 and how God brought you through. Amen? Amen. What did David say when he was about to go and slay Goliath? Amen. Remember, he reflected back on how God delivered him from that bear and the lion and how God helped him to slay the bear and the lion. So as you go forth into 2015 and the evil one decides to raise his ugly head to try and get you off kilter and to throw you out of, out, of, um, out of the will of God, that you remember the way God brought you through in 2014. Amen. And focus on 2015. All right. I cannot overemphasize the importance of us as the church of the living God, the church of Jesus Christ that we collectively and individually start focusing on some real serious worship about God, concerning God. The things that are going to come your way in 2015 are not going to be solved by you or by man or anyone else. It's going to be solved by you getting into a serious relationship and some serious prayer with God. Amen. And trust me when I say that, or better still, trust God when he says that. Because the things that are going to come your way are not going to be fixable by man. God may use man to fix those things in your life, amen, but it is not going to come by you consulting man first, amen, amen. So you need to make sure that you get into a deep spiritual relationship with God. And that's very, very simple. All you have to do is make up your mind to do it. You know, it does not require anything fancy. You don't have to go and buy special jewelry to wear around your neck or burn certain candles. Amen. It is simply deep in your heart, making a decision that I'm going to run to God for everything. And you know what things are. Some things you know that are lying out there in 215 already. You know, I mean, there are some things that you know are there. But the things that I'm talking about are the unexpected things. You see, the interesting thing about it, us Christians, is that You've heard the expression, no man is an island, you know, and none of us are islands. We don't pass through this life all by ourselves. We don't pass through this life touching no one else. We don't pass through this life without being touched by someone else. Amen. So these people that come across our paths, that come our way, you know, you know, God sends some of them and many of them God does not send. Many of them are sent by the enemy sent by the enemy to get our eyes off of God, to get our eyes off of the promises that God has made to us. Amen? So we have to realize that in journeying through 2015, many people are going to enter in and come into your life. Some sent by God, some not sent by God. So how are you going to deal with them? No man is an island. You can't simply say that I'm going to just go and just praise God and then lock myself in my room and never come out again for all of 2015. We all have to interface with the outside world. So how do we prepare ourselves for that? How do we prepare ourselves when we meet and deal with other people? People that come our way quite unexpectedly. Someone out of your past may pop up. You know, I've all told you about the phone call I had from a friend of mine, which I hadn't seen in, I don't know, some 20, 30 years. And, you know, oh, boy, come on, let's go hang out. There's a new club, there's a new bar, there's a new this and a new that. And I said, oh, well, can't do that, but if you want, you can meet me in church. I pastor a church. You what? Yeah, I'm a pastor now. You, you, since when? I said, oh, since blah, 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 blah. Oh, um, okay, yeah, all right, good talking to you, click. 
Okay? And praise the living God. That was someone that the Lord did not want brought into my life. Or if he did, he was making an opportunity for the young man to experience him, to experience God, that is. Amen? So going through 2015, we're going to run into things and people and circumstances that we may not even be planning for. So the question is, how do we deal with them and how do we manage them? So let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Okay, we're going to look at, look at two circumstances here because we're going to, um, Jesus first sent forth the 12, the 12 disciples, that's in Matthew 10. And then we're going to go to Luke 10 where Brother Brandon read from where he sent forth the 70. Okay, and in each case he gave them specific instructions. And there are things here that we need to remember as we go on this new journey for 2015. So looking at Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So at this point here, disciples is a student. You can underline that because at this point he's referring to them as students. And all of us are are indeed students. We're all students. But he gave them the power uh, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Going into 2015, remember that as a child of God, that you have been given the power against unclean spirits also that may try to enter into your life. Do not forget that for a minute. And to be serious about that. See, because so many times when things go, goes wrong in our lives, you know what Ephesians um, says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We forget who or what might be driving that human being to become against, coming against us. But God gave us authority over those unclean spirits. Verse number 2 says, Now the names of the twelve apostles, now he's referring to them as apostles, underline um, apostles, because an apostle is a messenger. A disciple is a student, someone that is learning. An apostle is someone that carries forth a message. Now, the names of the twelve apostles were these. The first Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, now, there are some dynamite words there because there's instructions to us also. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Now, in the first place, how many of us would be bold enough to actually pray over a dead body with the expectation of raising it? Amen. I mean, that takes some really powerful faith to do so. But God may send somebody your way that's, that's sick. That is sick and may need healing, you know. Don't be hesitant to pray over someone if that person is willing to receive your prayer. Amen? Amen. Many times I've run into people that are ill, especially in the family and things like that, and I'll pray over them. Get in the habit of doing so if Holy Spirit so leads you. Amen? But this is a charge that Jesus gives. Now, really important there is the part that says, freely you have received, freely give. Please underline that. Freely you have received, freely give. 
Everything that you know about God, every revelation, every knowledge that you have of God, every time Holy Spirit talked to you and you learned something and you received something, there's no charge for that. God gave it to you freely, you know. So in like manner, we should be willing to give back to others freely, too, as Holy Spirit so guides. You know, the thing that we have is not worth, you can't put a monetary value on that. You know, you can't put a price on it. But we received it freely. So you need to be in a place where you are willing to give someone that same information and the same knowledge back, back freely. Um, the thing about it is that many times people will come our way that are not quite believers or do, or do not believe or understand as we understand the word of God. When those times happen, you need to be ready to freely give back the knowledge that you have, okay, as long as Holy Spirit is guiding you. Verse number 9, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your purses, nor a bag for your money, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet a staff, for the workman is worthy of his food. And into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you, till you go from there. Now, up in the, in the uh, number 10 there, in 9 and 10, where it says, don't worry about money and, and don't take a, a bag with you in a journey. If God in 2015 is going to be sending you someplace, be it a physical journey where God's going to tell you to move to a new physical location or whether it's a spiritual journey, don't start worrying about, first of all, you know, well, what about my MasterCard or my Visa? Or what about money and what, how am I going to do this? Because if God is going to send you someplace, he's going to make you able to get there. All right? If he's going to have you to physically pick up and move someplace, don't worry about the expense on how you're going to do that because God is going to provide the way. What kind of God would we have if he said, okay, I want you to pick up and go to Brooklyn, New York, and then not give you any, any indication of how you're going to wind up doing that? So you just rest knowing that God is going to get you to wherever it is that you need to go. If it's a new spiritual journey, and sometimes a new spiritual journey can be more frightening to us than a new physical journey because God is wanting to move us to a new spiritual reality that we could very well be uncomfortable with. Amen? Amen? And I'm not going to get into, into debating tongues and so forth, but the Bible speaks so much about that, so much about tongues. It's a fact. It's a reality. I'm not going to, to debate whether it is or it isn't. The Word of God speaks on it. So, so while you are praying and you hear Holy Spirit telling you that I'm taking you to a new place spiritually where maybe the Lord is going to bless you with the Word of knowledge, you know, or the Word of wisdom, or to move you into one of the other, other, other prophecy-type gifts, or to give you a new gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, don't be frightened by that. Don't be worried by that, you know. It is God will that we, God's will that we all get to the place that we are in such, such um, how can I say, such close contact with him, you, you know, that we are living and walking every day in him, you know. And I mean, that, now that does not mean that you're walking so much in God and you're focusing so much in God that you walk out and cross the street against a red light. Amen, amen. I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to snap you back to reality also there. But what I'm saying to you, though, is that if God is speaking to your heart and there's a new spiritual level that you're going to go to, do not be afraid of it. Do not be afraid, you know. And I do know some people that... Um, beyond the everyday prayer and praise and the raising up of hands and things to God, when God starts moving in the supernatural realm in their lives, some people get very nervous. They get nervous. They start thinking, uh-oh, I'm going into this twilight zone experience with God, and this is do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, and they, they are afraid. And because of that, they hold themselves back. 
Any place that God is moving you to spiritually to the next level is going to be beneficial to you. It's going to be beneficial because you will experience and you will know things beyond your, your wildest imagination. You will know things that only God could know if he chooses to give to tell you that information. So don't be afraid if you, in your prayer time, you feel and you think and you hear Holy Spirit telling you that I'm going to move you into a new level. Amen. Or don't be, be afraid and nervous if all of a sudden you have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom about someone else. Amen. Do not get frightened about it. You know, if you don't understand it, that's fine. Then you run to God and you say, Lord, I think I hear you saying this to me. I think I am experiencing this. Can you explain it to me? Can you explain it? But 2015, because of the fact that I believe, I don't want to say it's God's necessity, but I believe it's God's desire that he get us, his children, to a new level because of the things that are going to be before us. The writing's all around us. Look at what's going on in the world. Look at what's going on in this country. You don't have to be, to, to be a, a political science student to see what's going on in this country. There are deep spiritual things at play here, very deep spiritual things. And if you want to understand what's happening in the news and why people are behaving the way they are, you have to understand the realities of God, the spiritual realities of God. So 215 is, one of, is this year for this year coming up. Is God's going to be moving us more in those directions. Verse number 12. Uh, oh, where it says here in verse number 11, And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go from here. We as children of God have to think about, is this person, are these people, are these circumstances, are they fit for me? Is this someone or somewhere or some place that God would want me to be? Amen. So that means, and this, I don't mean that to sound like we should become uh, with our noses stuck up in the air and that we should not, we should shun people. Amen. But the word of God wants us as children of God to think about who is it that we're associating with. God may not want us associating with some of the people that we are associating with. So we have to separate ourselves and you have to be prepared for that in 2015 to take a stance. If God is clearly saying to you that these people, this circumstance, this location or whatever it is, is not where I would have you to be because they are tainting you or they are blocking you from hearing my will for your life, then you need to think about that. Should I be here? Which is what Jesus was telling them here. In verse 11, it says, Into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide until you go there. Amen. So you don't go staying in someone's house where you know the Lord is telling you that these people or this person... I don't want you around. Okay, we need to be selective. We need to be selective, and there's good reason for that, too. You go staying in someone's house or staying in a location or being around people, you don't know what's going on as far as demonic activity is concerned or occult activity. You really don't know the heart of people. You don't know what's going on deep down in their hearts, deep down inside. Amen? So you need to make sure that you consult God. And if you have a feeling or you hear God telling you, this is not where I want you to be, this is not where I want you to stay, then it's time for you to move on. It's time to move on. Okay? And into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who it is worthy, and there abide till you go from there. And when you come into a house, greet it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Okay? So it's time to learn when to move on. 
Amen? God does not want us banging our heads against the wall trying to convince someone of something pertaining to the Word of God. I mean, we've all experienced it where you've tried to talk to someone or explain something to someone concerning the Word of God or concerning their Christian life, and they just don't want to hear it. They just do not want to hear it. So do not stay there banging your head against the wall. You've delivered the message. The Word of God goes forth as seeds, okay? And it will find the fertile soil. So you give forth the word, you say what you need to say, what Holy Spirit is guiding you to say. And then if they don't receive, then you say, okay, I'm gone, I'm out of here. And just dust the sand sand off your feet. Amen. And move on. Shake off the dust of your feet. 15 says, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Many times, and you just have to reconcile, reconcile to yourself that this is God's business and not to worry about it. But many times when we are praying for someone or praying for people and we're trying to give them good advice and good information and you're giving them the word of God, at some point you've got to get to the the point that, okay, Lord, I've told them. I've told them everything that you want me to say. I've said it over and over again. We've cried together. We've prayed together, and I've said it, but they just don't get it. And so it's time for you to simply say, okay, Lord, then I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And it's harsh to say, but what the Word of God there is saying is that those people, those situations, okay, it could be as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah because they have not heeded the Word of God. They have not heeded Okay, Holy Spirit may have sent you to that person specifically to give them a message. This is God speaking to them through you. If they choose not to receive it, it's not your fault. It's not your doing. Okay, you cannot worry yourself to death worrying about their well-being. You have to pick up and move on. You've done what God wants you to do. God's word, God's word is, 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 is pregnant. Amen. Amen. God's word is pregnant. But it needs, it needs to be birthed. And if the person does not want to receive it and birth it, then there's nothing that you can do about it. But don't let the devil steal your joy and steal your blessing and steal your message by telling you, you see, you failed. You told that person repeatedly, they're not listening to it, it's all your fault, it's not your fault, it's not. It said that, to shake off the dust, verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah that day than for that city. So we have to just give it to God and move on and, to, and not worry about them. Um, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Okay? So moving forward, we know that those that are around us and everything, they're not necessarily all sheep, and they could be there to try to devour you, right? So what better reason do we have for making sure that God is with us and going forward with us, um, um, knowing that we could be out there among wolves? Verse number 17, but beware of men. Please underline that. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. And they will scourge you in the synagogues, and, and you shall be brought to before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And God knows that, uh, um, underlying for my sake, in verse 18, you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. If anyone is aware of what's going on worldwide, you'll see the persecution of the Christians is reaching an all-time high. It's reaching an all-time high. You know, the Church of Jesus Christ, we are being persecuted left and right. Amen. And it's for my sake. You see, so and, and my sake, meaning that in, in his name. So if you are not a Christian, if you are not bold enough to say that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm a born again believer and I believe Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. You may be able to get out of some situations that may come your way. You see, if you are willing to say that, you see, and of course, none of us are. 
but be because of the fact, by virtue of the fact, that you are a child of God and you're not going to relinquish that, you're not going to denounce Jesus, then we could be put under attack for Jesus' name's sake. In other words, because we are believers in Jesus. Amen. But moving forth in 2.15, you have to, man, only you can do this. You can come to church every Sunday. You can read the word of God. You can sing praise. You can be, you know, raising your hands during praise and worship and really worshiping God. But the bottom line is in your heart of hearts, deep in your spirit, in your heart of hearts, if you were challenged to denounce Jesus, if you were challenged to make life easier for you to not use Jesus' name and not come in his name, would you do that? Would you do that? And that's only something that you individually can answer, you know. And it's easy to say sitting here in the safety, we see we're here in Salem and sitting here in the sanctuary, the safety of the sanctuary, it's easy to say. But in your quiet time, in your, in your quiet time alone, when it's you and the Lord, you need to seriously ask yourself, would I be strong enough in 2015 if on my job, in my school, in my neighborhood, if all of a sudden there was a move to come against all those that believed in Jesus? Amen? Amen? So Jesus is saying, beware of men. Um, you shall be brought, 18, you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, be not anxious or do not worry. Please underline all of 19. When they deliver you up, be not anxious how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Amen? So don't be worried about what you're going to say if someone tries to challenge you relative to the things of God or anything else in life for that matter, because Holy Spirit will always give you the words to speak. For it shall be given to you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak. It is not you that speak. It is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Amen? So that's the other thing, too, is that in 2015, we need to kind of, you need to kind of practice. You need to kind of practice. How do I respond? You know? How do I respond? So many times when someone says something to you that is, you know, antagonistic or something that you don't want to hear, your human nature just bubbles up and you want to say, what? You know, and you want to come out and be real human. But you've got to learn how to put that nicely. You want to you know, come up and be real human. But you've got to get in the habit of, 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 of culturing your, your reactions and, and, and pausing your reactions so that you put your, your mind, your, your, your human mind in check and wait for Holy Spirit. And one of the best ways to do that when someone is saying something to you, speaking to you, and they're kind of attacking you, is that without a change in your face, without a change in your countenance, you don't have to stop and say, hold that thought, get down on your knees, and then pray, Lord, give me the words. You just simply stand there and look at them while they're speaking, and they'll say, Lord, give me the words to say. You don't have to break gaze with them. You don't have to break, move your eyes. Just look at them, and while you're standing there, Lord, give me the words to say. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. In the meantime, you maintain your composure. You don't look like an idiot. They can't go off later on. See these crazy born-again Christians? You know what he did? He threw his Bible at me. He beat me up with his, he beat me up with his Bible. Some Christian. Amen. Amen. But Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. And God has never, ever, ever, ever failed me. Never, ever failed me in that regard. Never. Amen. So this is something, again, for 2015. We've we got to get out of... The old behaviors that we have, the old habits that we have relative to other people, because as God sends you on this new journey, be it physical or a spiritual new journey, you're going to be encountering uh, different people. Okay, now let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 10. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, starting with verse number 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Therefore, said he he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor, nor bag nor shoes and greet no man by the way. And into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be unto this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn, return to you again. And in that same hour remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. So here God is giving us, Jesus giving us some instructions again. And how many of us have been in someone's house where you felt the peace? And I know many of you have experienced that. You can go to someone's house and you can feel the peace. You can go there and feel like, boy, if I sit on that couch, they're going to have to throw me out of here, you know, because I'm going to get snuggled in and bring my PJs the next time, you know, and, and say, boy, they're going to stop welcoming me. But the house is, house is so peaceful, you literally just want to sit there and just stay forever. Then again, you've been in other houses where you can kind of sense the turmoil, you know, and I don't know how to put it into words, but you, 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 I, you don't, I won't say you don't feel comfortable, but you, you, you don't feel the peace. You don't feel the peace. Amen. So that's another thing that we as children of God need to make sure that we're sensitive to, you know, where we are, you know, and if you are, you wind up in a place like that where you don't feel this peace, then it's time for you, you know, to, to consult God and say, okay, Lord, why, why am I here? You know, and if you're there for a birthday party, say happy birthday and then leave. <laughs> Amen. You know, why sit there and get your stomach in a knot? Amen. But, he, he, but he's saying here, um, uh, you know, just, just like, like before, peace be under this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you, return to you again. In the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are there and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come near unto you. And... If you don't pray over your food today with some seriousness, you're really quite foolish. You don't know where that food has been. You don't know under what circumstances it was prepared. You don't know what was prayed. I mean, I'm serious. You, you just don't know these days. You know, you don't know people. You know, I mean, especially if you're in a public environment, you know, and especially if you are eating. Now, the word of God talks about offending people. So if you're eating at someone's house who is not yet saved. God does not want you throwing up this thing. Oh, you're not a child of God. I can't eat your food, you heathen. Okay, and get all, you know, all like that. But you certainly need, you need to pray over your food and ask the Lord to help you to minister to them, to bring them to the Lord. Amen. So we're not living. Jesus cleared us from that restriction of, of eating things and, and what we can and cannot eat and so forth. But we do need to bless our food and to pray over it because you just don't know where it's been. There are so many things going on in the world today, so many demonic practices that are seeking their way into through jewelry and all sorts of other things out there today, that things that appear to be so innocent, um, are, are, if you do your research, 
you know, and you need to research things that people give you and where they're taking you. Do some research. Just don't be so quick to accept it. Amen. There's a lot of deception going on out there today, you know. And if you've got the Holy Spirit that's in you, we have found, my wife and I have found, that certain things will just prompt a suspicion that's in you, you know. And when that prompt is there, you know, um, God, God created, created the Internet also, you know. And there's a lot of good information on that. Do some research. Do some research on what someone is giving you or saying to you or inviting you to to functions and things like that. Holy Spirit will, will, will quicken to you. First of all, something will be said. There will be something that was written. Holy Spirit will quicken to you. Eh, something isn't right there. And it's time for you to go back and do a Google or do something and pray about it and let the Lord guide you through wherever it is you need to research before you go jumping in hook, line, and sinker. The devil is smart enough to know that he is not going to overcome and really get a strong handle on the strong children of God by being in our face. The devil's smart enough to know that. So he'll try to sneak in through a back door. He'll try and sneak in through those things which seem so harmless. They seem so fun. You know, other Christians are doing it, so it must be okay. No, 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 no. Not in this day and age. You need to do some Holy Spirit um, uh, 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 counseling, you, you know, consultation, I should say. You need to consult Holy Spirit on everything that's out there. And I'm telling you, Holy Spirit will give you, there'll be a word, there'll be something, something said in someone's voice, a look, something. Holy Spirit will let you pick up that something is not right about this, okay? You need to pray about it and follow through because there's so much deception that is in there, that is uh, going through there. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and to whatever city you go, heal the sick. Uh, verse number 9, heal the sick that are there and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come near unto you. 10, but into whatever city you enter and they receive you not, go your way out into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your city which, which clingeth to us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be you sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come near you. So that's what I was saying before. If they're not receiving what you're saying, then you leave, but say, I'm telling you, though, the kingdom of God is coming near, you know. And that's something that we need to shout from the rooftops. And again, I'm not saying that we should all get a soapbox and go stand on the corner of Lancaster and Market Street and start screaming, repent, repent, repent. But as Holy Spirit makes the opportunity for you, you need to tell someone that it's time for you to get serious. Um, God's kingdom here is at hand. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let me explain to you what that means. You know, none of us is promised tomorrow. None of us. We know that the word of God says that Jesus will come as a thief in the night. And that's good for those of us that are saved. But for those that are not saved, they're running out of time. You don't know when Jesus is going to return. You don't know when the rapture is going to happen. Amen. So as Holy Spirit puts the, the, you in a position, you need to tell people with all sincerity you, you better really start listening, you know, to what's being said here, because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not God's will for any of our friends, any of our loved ones, anyone that we know to perish. But the word of God says that the only way for salvation and eternal life is through Jesus. So I'm sorry. They can say what they want to say. They can make whatever excuses they want to make. But if we care about them, we can tell them. And we should tell them, you need to really consider what I'm saying to you is truth. If they choose not to, they just simply choose not to, then you need to just dust, the, dust, dust off the, uh, your sandals and just move on, knowing that you tried. You know, you know we, we cannot bring anyone to, 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 to the Holy Spirit, to, to God. 
Holy Spirit does the wooing. Most we can do is to tell them about it. We can, we can minister to them as Holy Spirit so gives us the, the utterance. All right? But we are not responsible for, for, for actually making them make that decision to accept Jesus Christ. They can only do that themselves. We can pray with them. We can pray for them. We can hope and so forth. But ultimately, that's up to them to make that choice. So there's nothing that you can do about it. So let the devil kill two birds with one stone by killing off the person that has not accepted God, and then also by giving you, uh, taking you almost to a point of hell by, by, by doing away with you because you are feeling so guilty because you couldn't save them. All right? Only they can save themselves. Pray for them, lift them up, but they're the ones that have to do the acceptance of, of Jesus. Okay? Uh, King of verse number 12. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Solomon, Sodom uh, than for that city. Woe unto thee, Chorazim, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shalt be thrust down to Hades. He that hears you hears me, and he that despises you despises me. And he that despises me despises him that sent me. Please put number 16. I mean, that's a heck of a... That's a heck of a heck of a statement there that those people that hate us are also hating Jesus. And if they're hating Jesus, it means they're hating God. You know, and, and God knows, I mean, you know, we know where only place that that can get you if you're in that condition where you are hating God. And obviously you're not going to accept Jesus. Verse, verse 17, and the 17 returned again with you saying, uh, again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power. Now listen, this is the same thing here applies to us as what he said to them. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay? Now what he's saying here is that first power, behold, I give unto you power. It's the Greek word, it's the exousia, and it means that I give you the authority. I'm giving you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all that other power is, uh, um, is dunamis, and that means over the, um, any power that the enemy might have. So in other words, we have the authority to overcome any power that the enemy, that the, enemy, that the devil might have. Okay, that's the authority. Um, a traffic cop steps out in the middle of the street. You're coming down. And he flashes his badge like this, and he tells you to stop, okay? Does he have the power to actually stop your two-ton vehicle? No. But it's the authority of that badge that makes him stop. So while your car may have the power, the physical power, to overcome him, he has the authority to overcome the vehicle or to make you stop. So the authority that we have is that we have the authority to tell the devil when he's coming at us in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones and whatnot. In the name of Jesus, it's in that name, we have the authority. In the name of Jesus, I command you to stop. I call your contract. I call your plan with my family, with me. I call it null and void. Not in my name, but in the master's name of Jesus. This was the authority that he gave to them. And this is why they saw the demons being cast out. That hasn't changed for us. That hasn't changed. The reason why so many Christians do not see it is because they simply don't believe it. Simply don't believe it. 
if you believe that you have that authority, you can speak to that demon that would be in someone, that would be oppressing someone, and you can cast that spirit out in the name of Jesus. Not in your name, amen, but in the name of Jesus. So remember that as you're going forth in 2015, and don't be shy to use it. You've you got to picture yourself moving to a different level. Things are not going to be the same in 2015. They're not. And so you need to adjust and move yourself accordingly. Amen. And winding now with these scriptures, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the, um, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. So now in the last verses here, in closing, let's go to Psalm 37. Things to look forward to. Two you're going to see, 2015, you're going to see a lot of things happening. Um, you see people getting away with things that we feel they shouldn't get away with. But 37 verse number one, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass. And wither like the green herb. You know, now the Lord knows if you, <laughs> you watch the news or you read the newspaper and you see some of the things that some people are getting away with, you know, you say, oh my God, how, 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 could, how could that happen? I mean, how, how has that person got off with doing that? How is it that, you know, the courts didn't find this or they didn't this, whatever it might be? Don't fret yourself about that. Amen? Because they will be dealt with. You know, as it says there, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. Nothing on this earth that is done outside of the will of God or certainly counter to the word of God is going to prosper. You'll have some people that may seem like for the time being that they're prospering, that they're getting away with it. But don't worry, God's watching. God's watching, you know. And those people will not go receiving that they just do, whatever that might be in God's eyes. Amen. So God is saying here of 2015, don't fret yourself about it. Verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. So if you just trust in the Lord, whatever your need is, God is saying here, you will have it. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Okay, and underline, give thee the desires of thy heart, you know. And you say, oh, well, gee whiz, you know, well, I was praying for that flashy red, you know, Porsche with that super size engine and fast car and everything, and I'm not getting it. I didn't get it. I mean, it's because God knows that if you had that super fast Porsche, you'd get out there and kill yourself. <laughs> so, so maybe God does not want you to have it because you haven't shown you can drive a Volkswagen safely. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So why is God going to give you that supercharged fast car? You know, but the point I'm making here is that God will always, always, always give you what you need. He might not necessarily give you what you want because it might not be the best thing for you, but God will always give you what you need. Amen? So it says, trust in him. Verse number three, four is delight thyself in the Lord. Verse number three is commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Committing your way is, um, you, you know, you've heard the expression, you know, gee, was the, the, the poor woman was... You know, she was so, so senile and everything like that that I could not manage her anymore. So I had to commit her 
you know, to an institution. I had to commit her. That means that you gave the person to the institution for, for well-being, for keeping, because you couldn't do it. So committing our way to God is saying that I cannot manage my life just by myself, so I'm going to commit it to God for 2015. Trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. Um, as, uh, as the light and thy justice in the noonday, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. So rest in the Lord. Resting in him is simply knowing that God is going to do what he's calling, what he said he's going to do. You know? You simply rest. If you get on a bus to take you downtown, are you worrying about the bus the tire's going flat, is the engine running well, is this and that. You kind of get on the bus and you hope the driver knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know. But you just kind of sit there and you rest knowing that the bus is going to get you downtown. You don't sit there fretting, at least you shouldn't be sitting on the bus. And if it is, I, I suggest you start taking taxis. <laughs> but if the bus worries you that much. But you get on the bus or any public, you know, you sit there and you kind of rest, you know, all things being equal, you're going to get downtown. Well, the same thing with being with God. God is the one that's, that's our pilot. God is the one that's driving us through life. You know, so we need to just rest in him. Verse number eight, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any way to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait, wait, wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. And that's the hardest thing that we have to do is to wait. You know, 2014 went, came and went pretty, pretty quickly, at least it seemed to me. But while you're in the particular year, it does seem to kind of drag on. Amen. It seems to kind of drag on, you know, but you have to just wait. Wait on him, and whatever it is that you're waiting for will come to pass. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen? But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So, in 2015, commit your way to God. Rest in it. Um, you, you, you know what I always say about resolutions and things like that. Don't go making New Year's resolutions because they don't work. Um, so many times I made resolutions to stop smoking way back when, and it didn't work. Come January 2nd, I was smoking again. So whatever it is that you're trying, whatever it is that you're trying to do, because a New, Year, New Year's resolution is something that you are resolving to do. Amen? So commit that thing to God. Roll it over to God. Amen? Christians don't make resolutions because that means that I'm going to fix it. So you have to give it to God and then just rest in Him. So going into 2015, look for and expect wondrous and great things to happen. Look for and expect um, new levels of uh, understanding of God and look and see where he's going to take you for the next new year. Praise God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. Now, before we close, let us honor God in our tithes and offerings.